Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about birthdays. something fun like a birthday and just I don't know enjoy it (laughs) we have to make a big thing about it I have some complex birthday issues complex complexes if you will which we'll wait to dive into those in a little bit Mm -hmm. but I'm excited about this episode actually because I really have multiple complexes about birthdays me too so When I first broached this topic mentally and I was thinking, I kind of thought the way that I thought about birthdays was pretty one-dimensional. I kind of thought um, this would be pretty straightforward, but the more I took some time to dive into it, I actually think it's multifaceted for me too, so this should be a good episode. I also personally like episodes where there could be some differing in the way that we you know, see a topic or engage with something, and so I think there'll be... A good amount of overlap of this episode around some things, but there'll be some big differences as well between the two of us yeah. in other parts. So I too am excited. Yes. Yeah. I think we'll definitely differ in a lot of places, especially because I have pretty profound social anxiety, whereas Chris is, what did I call you in our episode on parties? A human golden retriever. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So there's going to be some interesting differentiations there. But before we get into the meat of the episode, we are going to start with our weekly check-in. And the reason why we do these check-ins is, one, we want to normalize just asking how we are and Mm -hmm. answering honestly between friends with anxiety. And also... We come to these episodes in different places each week, Uh, not physically because COVID, but um, (laughs) mentally because anxiety. And so it's sort of like a background little behind the scenes look into like who we are as people, what mindset we're in when we record each episode, because not every episode is going to be a home run. Sometimes one of us is going to be you know, a little bit mentally slow, or sometimes one of us is going to be on cloud nine. And that's just the nature of anxiety. It's a very roller coaster disorder. So we kind of do that to sort of preface and set the mood and tone for the episode, but also to just to normalize checking in and talking, especially between friends. So yeah, if you're new, that's why we do this. We also just like talking about ourselves because you know you have it's to the narcissism little, too. Yeah, you have to be a little bit of a narcissist to have a podcast, like just a light dash of nars, you know? Yeah. Did you say of nars? No. Of nars. I tried to abbreviate yeah. it to be cute, and now I'm blushing and feel really okay. awkward. So all right. Well, you can just add one or two numbers to your check-in, but I guess I yeah. will. <laughs> Shall I ask you first about yeah, this? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I will. Um, well said about the check-in there. I, I like it. It's a good um, it's a good tradition. I think we're getting less, quote-unquote, nars as we go forward because <laughs> I think 
our check-ins at the beginning were like 20 minutes and now they tend to be quite a bit more concise. So anyways, if you're a relatively new listener, that's what it's all about. So on today's scale, on a scale of one to someone live streaming your surprise birthday party without your knowledge, where are you at? So I'm disappointed we haven't started videotaping yet because I literally have my mouth open with my head in my hand looking horrified. So just to paint that visual of how much that frightens me, there's a visual for you. I would say I'm probably about a five today coming off of like an earlier six or seven where I was just Mm -hmm. so anxious that I was just crying and really struggling with my anxiety and feeling really uncomfortable in my body. Not really having a particular thought that I was ruminating on, but just the physical sensations of anxiety, the kind of like, I'm going to die sensations with- Oh, the fun ones. Yeah. 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 With no thought. I've been struggling with being a little bit sick over the past couple days, and that always throws me for a loop because I'm like, am I actually dying? Is this anxiety? Is this all in my head? Or is this not in my head? Am I making it worse? Or is this fine? You know, and it's just like, I really struggle because my anxiety feels so strongly in my body to like believe myself when I'm sick. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. am I actually sick? Am I just creating like a really weird anxiety response that is making me nauseous and feverish for days. I don't know. Do I have coronavirus? I don't know. So, you know, it's just been a fun couple of days of just kind of stewing in my apartment, feeling gross and feeling anxious about feeling gross, but I feel much better today. (laughs) Good. So I'm in a better place to be recording. But if I'm a little loopy, it's because I've been sleeping about 16 hours a day and I don't remember what it is to be awake. So there we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's also why we do the check-ins. It's a disclaimer as well in case it's a terrible episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, Chris, on a scale of one to someone live streaming your surprise birthday party without your knowledge or consent, how are you doing? So this scale doesn't frighten me. I know this is your worst nightmare, but... um, Yeah, but the human golden retriever element, that scale, if Brie did this for me, I probably would be borderline enthused. Yeah, you'd like cherish it. You'd buy like a digital frame or you probably. could just constantly replay it over and over again. Yeah, one of those moving <laughs> frames. Yeah, so literally just that moment over and over again on my desk. I probably wouldn't go quite that far, but <laughs> scale aside, I'll probably join you with a five today. It's just, uh, I think think that uh, when it comes to anxiety, sometimes I am in denial about being anxious about something. And then I have sort of physical manifestations of it where I feel like, I don't know, like a little dizzy and out of it or a little foggy brained or, you know, I feel like I focus too much on my breath or something like that. And I have to take steps to really slow down and meditate and do some deep breathing and all that good stuff. But um, the moral of the story is today, I'm just not firing all cylinders. You know, when you kind of feel like a little like drunk with anxiety, or like you like walk into something and you're like, really, mm-hmm. did I just walk into something? Like yeah. you almost need like a sign that says like, I should be out of this soon, but, but like mind <laughs> me. Yeah. So I'm probably a five today and I think I've come to terms with that and that's just where I'm at. And yeah, I just kind of got some of the physical symptoms going of it and all that good stuff. But uh, anyways, I'm excited to record nonetheless, but we're checking in for a combined 10. So a hefty sum. One would a hefty say. sum, indeed. 
but also a perfect score maybe in the anxiety olympics if we were like a team you know i really i really like your attitude to it so i'm gonna say perfect score in the anxiety olympics and i'm really really happy now that i didn't try and screw with you and go with a 5.5 because (laughs) you wouldn't have had that really wholesome moment where you gave us our perfect olympic score (laughs) perfect olympic score um we can share the gold medal that'll be nice okay that sounds good speaking of gifts birthdays (laughs) oh i was like where are you going with this i'm like oh that actually 100 percent connected all right (laughs) imagine wow okay so i guess i'm firing on some cylinders yeah i think you have a little more mental agility than i do right now so okay (laughs) well well, maybe i can be a 4.5 you can be a 5.5 we'll still have our 10 okay perfect (laughs) so as far as birthdays go i can start just by talking about my most obvious anxiety about it. I mm-hmm. should say, firstly, that I, on some level, I do look forward to birthdays because I really genuinely enjoy gathering people from all different parts of my life, putting them in one room and them becoming friends of their own volition. There's something that I really like about that. I don't know whether it's like a golem thing where I like to gather and collect <laughs> people, but like I really love meeting someone who I care about and then being like, oh, they're going to really get along with them. And then I look over out of my periphery and see them getting along. There's something that's just so wholesome about that for me. But there are other aspects of it, of course, that uh, aren't quite as endearing or aren't quite as wholesome. And the big one for me would just be the most obvious thing you would be anxious about, which is getting older. Obviously, if it is your birthday, you are on the one hand celebrating that another year has passed, but you're also acknowledging that another year has passed. And sometimes reflection and acknowledgement in the wrong mind frame with anxiety don't exactly go so well, especially when you have that propensity towards catastrophizing. So it's your 25th birthday, but you know, I'm sure somebody could frame it as like one step closer, you know, to the end instead of celebrating it on the terms that it should be. So I'd say I'm very conscious of my own mortality. And so the first thing that I'm anxious about is getting older. And I think that might be the most universal anxiety about birthdays. Funny enough, though, that's not really one of my anxieties about birthdays. Ooh. I kind of, like, relish growing older, at least now. Like, I'm 31, so, like, I haven't hit any birthdays that feel, quote, like, scary, you know? Like, I think a lot of people struggle more with turning, like, 40 or 50. But I think for me, my life doesn't really feel like it has to function on a specific timeline because from an early age, I decided I didn't want to be a parent. And so that's kind of freed up a lot of the anxiety that people in their 30s and 40s often feel about aging. Mm. So for me, it's like, yeah, okay, like I don't want to die, sure. But realistically, being, you know, 31 versus 29 and 364 days, you know, that doesn't (laughs) change that much about like my proximity to mortality. So like, I don't really think about it like that. I think for people who have like very kind of rigid milestones that are like partially societal, partially biologically driven, I think it's harder for them because they feel sort of like there's this clock that they're racing against. And pretty much the only clock that I'm racing against is like, I'm going to die at some point and I don't know when that is. So I don't really get too hung up about it. Like I do have my own anxieties about dying to be sure. That's an episode on the horizon. Once we, I think like we might have to get past episode 50 
to feel like we have the tools to confront that. Yeah. Maybe even episode 100. But anyways, that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah. But for me, birthdays don't really bring up super profound anxiety about aging because I guess I just feel like my timeline is kind of like loosey-goosey, kind of chill. So like as long as I feel like I'm on generally the right track of where I'm going, just generally, like I feel kind of positive about aging. I've always felt older than I am, partially because I've always been the youngest person in my social groups. So I always kind of just feel like I'm kind of just like catching up to where I'm supposed to be mentally, you know, Mm. like I've always had friends who were like five, even 15 years older than me and like had it not even be a thing. So like I was when I was getting older, it was just like, oh, yeah, like I'm getting more close to the age that like I feel in my soul. Like I'm just an old soul. AKA I'm just a curmudgeon and super grumpy. (laughs) So for me, yeah, it's not really about the aging, but for me, the anxiety about birthdays is all 100% social anxiety about the day itself and like how I'm expected to celebrate and also sort of like how I want to celebrate. Cause like I want to celebrate a little bit, But super on my terms, super small, and not at all the center of attention. Because that's my biggest anxiety is when, like, all eyes are on me. I hate Mm. that feeling. So I want to feel acknowledged, but in a tiny group for my birthday. (laughs) That's kind of like... Yeah, I can sympathize with that. It just reminded me of an article I was reading prior to recording, actually on the Thought Catalog. And it wasn't a particularly enlightening article we'll still link to it in the show notes if anyone wants to check it out but there was one line that i think really resonated or uh, connects to what you were saying pretty well which is the author mentions the finishing paragraph of her anxiety around birthdays is quote my anxiety gets worse around my birthday because it's the one time of year when everyone expects me to have a good time And I'm not good at meeting expectations. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly that. I think there's a lot of pressure to be like, I'm having the best birthday ever. And like, thank you guys so much for like coming. And oh my God, we're having so much fun. But like, in reality, what do I want to be doing on my birthday? I want to be eating takeout or maybe at a restaurant with three people or four people And then just chilling. Like, I think my best ever birthday was going with two friends to all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue. That was probably my best birthday ever. (laughs) I mean, that sounds good. But this is another moment where we're just going to differ greatly because I love the idea of so many people I enjoy in a room. Like, this is one of those instances where, (laughs) socially speaking, like, I'm just off leash, you know. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like the I'm golden just... retriever is off leash. What? Yes, exactly. So I'm like going from people to people. I'm got smiles, and you know, I, I do remember many a birthday where I've just really just relished just celebrating with people, so many people I really cared about. And I also like attending other people's birthdays because I have a propensity to stay up late as it is. So I get to play the role of good friend and stay up late with people and you know as people have to depart you know especially as you get older people have to depart earlier they have kids they have animals they have things to do and uh, i don't have i mean i have a cat but he doesn't cause too many (laughs) rifts 
this of course applies to the time when we were able to go out, but I did genuinely love being able to stay out late with friends that I cared about and kind of being the last one to give them a hug and a kiss on the cheek. I like that kind of stuff. And that that's actually part of what I miss during this period is like, I spent a lot of time stuck in my own head. And during those times, I can really get out of my own head with other people's birthdays. On my own birthday, though, I do spend a lot of time in my own head worrying about other people having a good time, <laughs> which is like literally like host syndrome where you're like walking around like, hey, having fun, having fun, having fun. Like I do get stressed out about it and I get stressed out about any number of factors, whether I chose the right place or I did this or I did that. So yeah. I can see your side of things too, because I do feel like that there is something nice about being like, I'm just going to do something small and have fun. And I know it's going to be a lot of fun, but I will say, I know this is kind of a long tangent here and I'm sure you'll have a good response here in a moment, no pressure. But I think honestly, one positive side effect of this whole COVID thing is that expectations have changed around things like big events like this. I think there's going to be a license to be able to do things as you please. Like I don't think anyone's going to shun anybody for doing their birthday any way they want in, uh, moving forward because I don't know, it's just a different reality. Am I on the right path with that, do you think? Or do you think things will just eventually go back to how they were? I don't think there's any way things can go back to exactly how they were. I think there's always going to be parts of this experience that we kind of like pick and choose with like what to keep and what to throw away. I don't think Zoom happy hour is going to be a thing. Just saying. Yeah. I think people (laughs) will be done with that. But yeah, I think COVID has definitely kind of made it more like permissible to like lean into your introvert side. And I think people are more understanding of introversion now and maybe we'll be more extroverts will maybe understand kind of the perks of being an introvert a little more and introverts Mm -hmm. will understand the perks of being an extrovert a little more. Like I think it kind of goes both ways. Like I'm an introvert 100%, but I've definitely realized the ways in which I'm extroverted are really going to flourish post-COVID because I'm very much, I'm an introvert who's very extroverted in one-on-one situations or like two, you know, two-on-one situations. Like I'm a small group extrovert. I really love going to dinner with just like one or two close friends and just like super connecting and having a great time. Mm -hmm. That to me is like my perfect blend of introversion, extroversion, but it's like put me at a large birthday dinner and I just want to melt away. For some reason, I'm thinking of, have you ever seen the Portlandia skit where they all go to get tapas at a restaurant for a birthday? No, but elaborate. Okay. Well, anyway, there's a large birthday group with like 20 people at the table and they're all getting tapas. And, you know, each tapas is meant to be like for like, you know, a couple people. And the couple, the main couple in in the skit just keep getting like, you know, they keep ordering things and they get like nothing coming to them constantly. And then they end up having to pay like 50 or like a hundred dollars at the end of the night. And they ate like crumbs off of a toothpick and like (laughs) the ice cubes from leftover sangria. And that's kind of how I feel at most large birthday (laughs) gatherings is like, I'm paying a fuck ton of money 
for crumbs and everyone <laughs> around me seems like they're having like the best time knocking back like 40 drinks. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can only have like one beer before I get a raging migraine the next day. <laughs> and then it kind of becomes, you know, bill hell where you're just like, oh, dear, this situation <laughs> is no fun. And so I really hate large group birthdays to the point where like I just like politely decline and do something on an individual level with them like one-on-one later I just either make up an excuse or if I'm close enough with them I'll just be like that ain't my thing but I'd love to take you for dinner like just you and me sometime because it's just to me like a big ass birthday dinner party is just complete anxiety I'm gonna have a miserable time I just don't like big group settings. And I think a lot of people can kind of resonate with that if you have social anxiety, because it's like, I think for me, it's also partly the inattentive ADHD side of things where I really have trouble processing multiple sensory inputs simultaneously, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm super inattentive. So it's like, I hear like one conversation going on over here, one going on over here, and then there's one that I'm supposed to be paying attention to, but my brain is getting pulled into all these alternate conversations. And then I start just kind of like having mouth jelly happening. And then then I get really like anxious about what I'm saying, you know? And I know you have a totally different experience with people and all that. So I'm curious how you relate to that with your ADHD. Yeah, so it's really interesting to hear your perspective on that. I actually find that the big group setting, like you have a big room of people, you know, 50 people or whatever it is. 50? Um, what are you, 50? Okay. okay, all right, let's 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 calm it down. Okay, you have a room of 19 people, okay? okay. 19 people. Okay. Deep breaths, deep breaths. So you have this room of 19 people Ooh. for, for a friend's birthday party. Chris. So for me, I actually find that's like an insurance policy against a boring conversation. Like if you get trapped in a conversation and there's two people there and you really aren't enjoying the conversation, you don't have a lot of outs. But if you have 19 people there, then like literally you can be in the middle of a conversation like that's so interesting. Sorry, I just have to run over there really quickly. And you can do that with a room of 50. I know, don't panic. Kind of indefinitely. And that's not to say that that's going to happen over and over again. But I do love the feeling of being in a room and there being like a whole bunch of people I want to talk to. And I know that I have this card to play in my back pocket if I need it, which is like, I know there's a lot of people in this room. I've just had a lovely first interaction with them and I can be like, I'm sorry, I owe them a beer and I'll be right back. You know, let's be frank. I'll take any social interaction. I haven't been in a room with more than Brie and my cat in an alarming amount of time. So I'll take anything at this point, but before all of this, in the time BC, before Corona, that's the way I thought about it, that it was actually an insurance policy to that many people in the room. It wasn't overwhelming for me, probably because I think during those encounters, I embody overwhelm itself. I'm just like, I'm just like- (laughs) You are the overwhelm. See, for me, I would rather cling to this like life raft of boringness than like try to cast out on my own starting new conversations, you know? That's yep. just my social anxiety in a nutshell. So for me, it's like, okay, yeah, there may be six people at the table, but you're the person I'm talking to for better or worse. And like, I may never want to talk to you again after this dinner. We may have nothing in common, but 
you're, you're, you're my anchor in the storm and we're riding out this wave <laughs> together. Whether you like me or not, I'm clinging to you as my conversation partner. To continue with this metaphor, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic clinging onto that piece of wood. I just, the conversation eventually kills me. I just go under. You know, I feel like um, if I'm going to go out and spend X amount of dollars on dinner and all this kind of stuff, like I kind of owe a good conversation, aren't I? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't yeah. mean that too seriously. Before somebody takes that, puts it on a t shirt <laughs> and calls me the world's biggest asshole, I'm more or less kidding, but there's still more or less. Like there's still a part <laughs> of me that's just like, I like the ability to, to shuffle the deck. And sometimes too, it's just a matter of like, there's a conversation going on that could be really interesting to somebody else. But if there's enough people in the room, it just gives me, gives me the ability to hit the abort button. And I appreciate that ability. Yeah. I also hate birthday parties at loud bars where you can't even have a proper conversation without shouting and then your ears ring afterwards. That's not fun either. I do. I do agree with that. And I actually hope that moving forward, this period that we've had this pause here, will really bring up that idea that it is better ultimately to be in a place where you can talk and connect with people. I do totally agree with you that it makes me anxious to be at a birthday party like that with there's such loud music and there's so much going on and stuff because I feel like there's not a whole lot for me to do other than just like kind of robotically drink a beer and then yeah. a couple of beers go by and each beer is like 10 or 15 bucks. And, you know, I'm, I'm at an age now where like, I don't really want to be terrifically drunk out in public. You know what I mean? It's not like a badge of honor anymore. It's more like a badge of shame. So <laughs> I don't want to sit there and attend the birthday party really to realistically just listen to loud music with my elbows up on the bar while I drink on overpriced beer. I want the opportunity to look someone in the eye and say, hey, I'm happy to be here to celebrate you. You and How your eye you contacts, Chris. I know, it's isn't brazen. it? Just brazen. <laughs> it is a little brazen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so, well, I won't be inviting you to any of my birthday parties forthcoming. Because of the eye contact or what? Yeah, the eye contact mostly. Also okay. because I'm well, afraid you're going to like somehow bring a squad of 40 people and turn my intimate <laughs> little <laughs> gathering into like, you're just like rolling up with way too many people. And I'm sure they're nice because they're Canadian, but it's still too many. Even a Canadian 40, I know that's really like only an American 20, but like that's still too many people. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Still too much stimulation. It's overwhelming. I think that's fair. To move it back to a macro point for a quick second, there's one other thing that just makes me anxious about the birthday, which I sort of alluded to at the beginning of the episode. And that's just that not only do I mark the moment of my birthday as getting older, but I'm also cognizant of how much faster time is moving because for me, this year, of course, is just not a great example for anything ever <laughs> because it's so unique. But let's say, for example, the time between my 29th and 30th birthday compared to the time between my 5th and 6th birthday, the time between my 5th and 6th birthday felt like lifetimes, like literal lifetimes occurred. And the time between your 29th and 30th birthday it's almost like uh, you're like, I fall just finished, you know, and like four seasons have gone by. Like, how did this occur? So it's something that I get caught up. And maybe this is just because I spend too much time thinking and walking and just like analyzing everything. But I do find that as the years roll by, it makes sense that time, of course, moves faster because you have more to look back on relative 
you know, each day is relative to the days before is going to feel like less time. I think I talked about this in another episode, how like one day feels like more if you're five because you've lived less days sort of thing. Yeah. But in this case, like I feel like that applies to years and, and I get caught up on that. Like there's going to be a moment on October 16th, which is my birthday of, you know, this year where I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did a year pass? Like the quickness of time. It's not just that I'm this old. It's also like I worry about or get anxious about how fast time is moving itself. And then I want to come up with some like, I don't know, like maybe I'll rewatch Back to the Future and figure out how I can mess with time a bit or something. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't really feel like time is going too fast. Like I feel like time is going kind of at the pace I expect it to go. Yeah. It's like, I never, I'm like, wow, how is it like a year? You know, like sometimes, you know, a particular week or shorter period of time will fly by. But generally speaking, I feel like the years kind of feel like years. There'll be times where I'm kind of caught off guard, be like, oh my God, like, wait, we've been friends for 15 years. That's insane. But yeah, yeah. I don't really get any sort of FOMO around the fact that a year has passed and the year went by too fast. Like to me, a year always feels like a year. A year feels like a long time. I guess that's a fair point. I want to hand it back to you in a second, but I guess that's a fair point actually, because I think you're probably right. I think it's probably narrow to say, oh, it's this year passed quickly. It's probably more realistic, particularly with anxiety, to think about it in terms of, you know, a week. Like, for example, today is Tuesday and it feels like this week has been a week unto itself. And it's just been a day and a half, you know? Right. But there are some weeks that blow by so quickly. So it's probably more a result of me trying to conceptualize a year just on narrow terms and not thinking about the all the weeks that made up that year. Because I guess on a day-to-day basis, I don't feel like time's moving too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel like everything is kind of moving at appropriately yeah like at the speed it's supposed to be it's just sort of like I think I get more caught up if I feel dissatisfied with the progression of my own sort of personal journey through that year that's maybe when I would be like oh the year went too fast because like I didn't accomplish x y and z that I had wanted to accomplish but since I've been I don't know, just like more intentional with my goals and meeting them more frequently because like I'm actually doing the things that I need to do to meet them. I kind of feel more comfortable with the passing of time because the things that I set out to do usually during that period of time usually end up getting done, which makes me feel like, oh, that was the right amount of time. You know what I mean? Okay, gotcha. It's more like when you feel like you're wasting your potential, that for me is when a year feels fast. So, but I guess my question then and my follow-up to that then is, do you feel like birthdays are an occasion, whether we like it or not, to have a conversation with ourselves about whether we are who we want to be and where we need to be? How does that play out as it relates to anxiety? Because I'm just curious, I guess part of this is letting you answer. So I'll stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) You did say you were curious. Yeah. I would say for sure. For me, birthdays are like a very introspective time. I kind of put it up there with like same as like New Year's Eve and also just like anniversaries for me are kind of an introspective time where I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, how is this relationship going? What does this relationship mean to me? So I think to me, any sort of date 
which the purpose of the date is to mark the passage of time, I think that is an invitation to then look at, you know, whatever span of time that you're you're looking at and be like, okay, you know, how do I feel about this passage of time kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I guess I struggle sometimes not to look at the negative side of things. So it's really interesting the way, and I guess if you've listened to all 40 something episodes, you'll probably have figured this out better than I have even about myself. But I think that, I think underneath it all, I'm I'm like a hopeful person. And I, I think that there's a good amount of optimism that flows through my blood. But at the same time too, when it comes back to looking at myself, I'm just so quick to see the idiosyncrasies or the things that I'm not doing well. And so sometimes, you know, when it's my birthday or something like that, I'll be, you know, I'm lucky to have a lot of people I think that I care about that seem to care about me. And so I'll get some messages with people and they'll say some things, which, you know, I just don't see, like they'll mention an attribute that I'm like, I don't think that applies to me. I'm not sure that's me. I'm not something like, I guess I'm just, I'm not very good at celebrating the things that I do well, I think, or even knowing what those things are. I mean, I guess I know what some of the things I do better than average are. Like, I'd like to think I'm a, a pretty good writer and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't think I could have say something meaningful at some point, you know, but at the same time too, it's funny because oftentimes around birthdays, I'm reminded mostly by others that I probably need to give myself more credit. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at taking somebody aside after three drinks on their birthday, of course, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, during the times when you could do this and saying like, hey, this is why you mean something to me. And this is why I really appreciate you in my life. And I'm not even exaggerating there. All of a sudden, you know me that literally that, literally those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yet I'm terrible at doing that for myself on my birthday. And big list of topics I have, like receiving compliments as one thing that I'm anxious about because I really am anxious about it. But I guess that's just something. I don't know. It's something I'm mulling over that I seem to be really fired up to pat other people on the back for their birthday and what they've accomplished and yet really struggle to see in some what I might have accomplished or feel like I was successful enough. And I probably have some reframing to do around that, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I've always found it easier to be kind to myself on like the big picture things and completely crucify myself on the (laughs) mundane itty bitty details of like misspoken words, you know, strange facial expressions that I'm afraid I made, you know, just all these little (laughs) things that come up as parts of social anxiety. And just, you know, not just social anxiety, but I feel like my anxiety ends up being a lot more micro than macro. Like I get really caught up in like the nitty gritty of different interactions and different events and whatnot. Whereas like when I think about my general life existence, I don't get super anxious about like, who am I? That was a Derek Zoolander impression, but I hope it registered. (laughs) I was doing the blue steel face. You just can't see it through the mic. Oh, we do need to get video going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly so I can see your blue steel and make fun of it versus But yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I'm generally kinder to myself about big picture than small picture. But you know, small pictures generally 
more frequent. So the flagellation definitely happens on a regular basis. So I'm not trying to paint myself as some sort of enlightened guru. I just, I always have kind of felt like a sort of calm contentedness towards the like the future being okay. Even if I'm not super happy with my present, I'm like, I kind of know what I need to do for like my future to be what I want it to be. You know, that's not really what gives me anxiety. What gives me anxiety is like, oh God, I have to pick the birthday venue and like it has to be not too loud, but also not lame. And you know, what are people going to think about me if I pick this venue? And like, are they going to like me if like they play bad music at the place or like if the drinks are bad? You know, I get really worked up about teeny tiny things. Yeah. Well, I would say generally speaking, I can focus on the micro more than you and probably have a a touch more composure in the micro. But at the same time too, I totally understand what you mean about, I can get obsessive about the micro, like those details around the birthday. Like, you know, for example, if we arrived at the spot and the music was a little bit louder than I thought it was going to be, I might walk around, like not even engaging with people, just kind of like walking around the room, testing the volume in different areas and then going to Bria and be like, is the volume okay? Is the volume okay? And eventually she'll just take me aside and be like, Chris, no one's thinking about the volume. (laughs) It's totally okay. And I have to be careful is what I would say on my own birthday to not worry so much about other people having a good time that I forget to have a good time. However, I end up having a few drinks and then I remember I'm just going to have a good time. (laughs) But it does take me a moment to get to that spot for sure. And then it's just uh, gradations towards overly emotional. Not like (laughs) tears overly emotional, but like I will make a point of telling a couple of people that I really love them. And I actually don't feel any shame about that the next day, actually. I'll probably find some other thing to feel shame about, but probably not that. So I'm grateful for that. (laughs) So how do you feel about like planning your own birthday party? Is it something that you do? Do you usually find that other people do it for you? Like what's your relationship to the planning of a party for yourself? So I used to do it with a lot of oomph and I would plan big parties, particularly during university and just make them like big. I was going to say hoo-hahs. I guess I kind of have to now because I've said yeah, it out loud. No. I feel like hoo-ha is like what a Midwestern mom calls private parts to a daughter. Oh, okay. She's not ready to right. like so explain genitalia to. <laughs> okay, so I'm not planning Western genitalia. So I'm probably back away from that. Yeah, you're probably right. So when I'm planning parties... I honestly, I get really stressed out about it. And this is actually fun. This will tell you everything you need to know. So for my 30th birthday party, I set up an event and I invited like, I don't know, maybe 25 people in Toronto. And I wasn't terribly excited about it. And like I said, I was like, uh, you know, like it's my 30th. So like, I got to do something, I guess, like I'd love you all to join me there and we'll have a good night sort of thing. So like Bree, I guess, saw this invitation and was like, wow, like what? Like he's like instantly a depressed old man. Like what the hell happened to this guy? And she planned a surprise birthday party. I think I mentioned this before, but she planned a surprise birthday party behind my back and invited a whole bunch of people. And then <laughs> she, she planned it and told me she was going to a work party and I was going down to meet her at the work party. My brother was like, you know, what I thought was the work party. My brother was like messaging me. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, oh man, like I just want to lie in my box and watch the Leafs game. But like, I got to go to this work party. (laughs) And I showed up 
and it was like a surprise birthday party for me. And I had a blast. Of course, got really emotional and all this kind of stuff. But it was I funny. I remember the one, Facebook status. It was seven to 10 paragraphs. Seven to 10 paragraphs for sure. But it's really funny because one of my good buddies who I live with in university, he came over to me at the party and he was like, yeah, I'm really happy Brie planned this party because you had the most depressing fucking invitation I've ever seen <laughs> to an event. You were like, I guess, come. He's like, he's like, I swear to God, you were fucking Eeyore. Like you were like, come to my party, I guess. If you like <laughs> me, I'm not if that you like- special. So that, so usually I'm Tigger, but I was Eeyore and a half. But it was funny because I think that answers your question. Like I now apparently my invitations are like, like, I guess like if you can find a way, like come and see me, maybe. If you even care about someone yeah, if like you even me, care. I'm aging and decrepit. Yeah, exactly. And I think I will, I, th- I think I'll actually moving forward, have a lot better perspective and I'll just invite, you know, some people who I really want to see and, I'm really not going to worry anymore about it being anything big or exciting as much as just I would love to gather some people in a room who I care about. I think that's all I'm going to focus on moving forward. And that actually reminds me, I was reading an article before, which I'll link to, called something like, Why Do Birthday Parties Make People Anxious? And this is, of course, the article thing comes from the fact that I write down all the notes that I think about, and then I just want to make sure I haven't lost my mind and things are grounded <laughs> in reality. And then I find some quotes that I like to that I like to share. But this quote in the article was, while birthdays seem like a setup for anxiety, they don't have to be. You probably know yourself well enough to understand what makes you happy. And on your birthday, you should do whatever that is. That's the problem, though, actually, for me is like, I have a lot of shame around revealing my like likes and dislikes. Like I am intensely Hmm. fearful of being judged even by like friends. I have a couple friends who I'm like, all right, we're cool, you know, but most of my friends, I'm afraid of their judgment, even though Mm -hmm. I really have no particular reason to be. And so for me, it's like, I really don't like picking you know, picking music, picking food, picking any sort of thing where it's like I am revealing who I am and my tastes. And so I feel like if I'm planning my own birthday, I'm making too many choices that like reveal who I am. And that makes me really afraid of being rejected. Not me specifically being rejected, but my party being rejected, which then in my mind means me being rejected. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I I don't want someone else rather just organize a very small thing or just like pick something that is so no frills that there cannot be like, and very predictable, you know, like I have eaten at this restaurant 47 times. I know the food is fine. Let's go there. You know, (laughs) I I don't want any element of surprise. I think that's really interesting, like that your part of your anxiety would be the idea that the event would serve as a microcosm or a representation of you and you don't want people digging too much. So for me, it's the same thing, but I just want to make sure everyone's having fun. But for you, it's just like, I don't want to put too many personal touches on it because I don't want people to judge my music, judge my character, judge the bar, (laughs) judge the food. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't want it to be an avenue to like be rejected on my own freaking birthday, you know? I think that's really actually a powerful point. I hadn't really thought about it from that angle, but it makes a ton of sense to me. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some other people were nodding their head through that too. So that's interesting. 
I think those are most of the points that I had to make around birthdays, but um, that doesn't mean there are all the points that you had to make. So were there any other directions that you wanted to take it in as far as your anxiety relates to birthdays? Um, just one quick thing. I want to make a small rant about Please. birthday divas. Like, I'm sorry, you don't get a birthday week. You just don't. You get a birthday. <laughs> okay? And like, your birthday doesn't have to be on on the day. Like, you know, if your birthday is on a Wednesday, by all means, you can have your birthday celebration on a Saturday. And by all means, you can have like different birthdays for different people, but don't expect the same person to go to multiple events for your birthday over the course of a week. That's insane. (laughs) Just no. (laughs) It's too much pressure. Okay. Yeah, I can dig that. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy if you're a birthday diva i'm sorry i'm sure you're a great person we just probably can't be birthday friends <laughs> <laughs> i like that little nugget the little tidbit at the end <laughs> as far as um <laughs> tips go which is you know our, for those who are anyone who's new we kind of try to add a tip or two at the end if it's applicable I didn't have anything i, I think i tried to interweave a lot of that into the episode but my only tip or advice would just be that sometimes I just find list making really therapeutic. And so if I don't feel particularly accomplished or like I've done enough or like I've done really much of anything in a year, um, which thankfully hasn't happened to me you know, too many times or whatever, but I think I, something that I could use to combat that would be to sit down and just write a list of all the things I'm proud of myself for, for that year. I don't need to make a counter list for why I'm not proud in this case, just the proud list is fine. But I think it can be easy for me personally to have some small negative, you know, stone that doesn't weigh all that much to hold more weight than all the things that went well or were positive. So I think if I'm not in the right state going into a birthday or whatever, I'm just not in the right frame of mind. I will sit down and literally just put on some good music crack my favorite beer or whatever it is, favorite cup of tea, whatever, whatever you're into, favorite soda water, whatever it is, and just sit down and think about how you made the most of the year. I think that's something I will try next year. So it's a tip I'm offering to myself and to others. <laughs> nice. I guess mine would be, you know, your birthday is your day. So like you don't need to plan it to impress any particular person. If you truly would be happier just having two to three friends gather for like a movie night or a, you know, drink at a moderately volumed bar, and then, you know, that's your prerogative, (laughs) do it. Like there's no need to create like a huge event and stress yourself out. And likewise, if your friends have incredibly different views on, you know, what kind of birthday they want. I don't think you have to go to every single event to be a good friend. I think you can just have an open, honest conversation and be like, hey, I love you. I want to support your birthday. But a really big group dinner just isn't my thing. Can I take you out on X date and we can do something like this? You know, I think there's a way to tastefully decline an invitation to something that you find really stressful while also still showing the person that you value their friendship and that you're not just being, you know, dramatic or rude, but that you're trying to sort of be like, this is actually how I can show up for you as a friend. Like, this is how I value you, you know? 
Absolutely. I think my feeling is really things are going to become a lot more flexible moving forward as it relates to all of that. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity for someone, you know, to say kind of what you were saying there, which is somebody may not come to the big event, but they might say, hey, you know, though, I would love to take you out to that place, the dumpling place I've been talking about, or I'd love to go, I don't know, go biking for a day or whatever it is. And just say like, I'd love to spend that one-on-one time with you. Or it might even be like, I'd love to have a phone call with you on your birthday. Or I guess there's no one way to celebrate somebody. And uh, in all likelihood, the person who's being celebrated or whose birthday it is would probably appreciate a bit of variety. So it's not just 50 people in one room. I know that terrifies you, but let's say, what was the number you were comfortable with? 19? 19 no, people in one room. No, I wasn't room. comfortable with 19, Chris. That was, oh. you just, you augmented it down. Oh, But no, okay. I okay. would say six. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I respect that. I guess what I meant was 19 or 20 was the number that you didn't faint with. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so whatever that may be for somebody, if you are like Allison, you're like, there is that 50 person party that you're not into and you don't want to try and fit into that fold. I'm sure the person whose party it is would totally understand if you measured them and just said like, Hey, you know, in good time, like don't bail on them the day of, but like message them two weeks prior and be like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it for whatever reason. And just say like, I'd love to take care for dinner next week or whatever that may be. So I, I've done that before. I think that's a really good point. And I, I think that's a good place to wrap up. And ultimately, you know, birthdays we've created all of these traditions and everything around birthdays but realistically it's just the one day that we've socially decided that a person can be outright celebrated and um, i guess you know we can peel away some of that anxiety and just realize that at its core that's what it's about it's a person and we get a chance to celebrate them and um in my case look them in the eye and tell them we love them and allison's case look away and Maybe buy, not them, love them. buy them dinner in a That's right. small environment. And have a very, very fruitful conversation with one or two people at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even actually poking a jab at that. I actually really firmly believe, especially after this conversation, that everyone needs to do things on their own terms. And however you feel comfortable, I think that's probably the most the most important aspect of all this. But as I was saying before, I do think COVID and everything here is going to give more people more permission to do things on their terms. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once we can actually do things again, it'll be great. Yes. Once we can <laughs> actually do things again. So we finish every episode by patting ourselves on the back for one thing, because it's good to end on the positives. So is there anything in the past week that you are patting yourself on the back for, my friend? Hmm. I did a 25 minute meditation yesterday. That was pretty badass. Yeah. I had a raging migraine from hell. So I (laughs) put a wet washcloth over my eyes with like a little bit of peppermint oil on the sides of it to kind of give like a nice thing. Cause that's something I don't want to sound too woo woo, but peppermint oil for headaches it's quite nice because it kind of gives you like a little tingle. I don't think it does anything other than that, but the tingle is nice. I think woo-woo is better than hoo-ha. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think woo-woo doesn't put you on any watch lists. So there is that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I sat down. I did like a 25-minute body scan and – it actually was 
super relaxing and not at all painful. And then like after that, I just like left the washcloth on my eyes and put on like an audiobook and just kind of listened to that until I drifted off to sleep for a bit. And then I woke up and my migraine was like so much better. And it was just nice to be like, oh, yeah, you know, five minutes of meditation a day, which for new listeners, that was my New Year's resolution. And we had an episode on meditation. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly when um, in our archives where like I absolutely was like, I hate meditation. Can't do it. It's so hard. I feel antsy. I hate it. But I was like, (laughs) what? Fuck it. 2021, I need to get better at just like being present with myself, with my body sensations, with my thoughts. So my goal was meditation. And I set a small baseline of just like five minutes a day, which granted, I haven't done it every single day. Like I've definitely missed like, you know, two or three days so far. But I've built up the muscle enough to the point where I could do a 25 minute meditation yesterday without any pain. And that was pretty freaking cool. For sure. And for reference, that's IAA 24, I'm Anxious About Meditation, the October 8th, 2020 episode. Um, And eventually we're going to have show notes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I actually looked at it while you were talking. So I know. I just wanted to call you a That was the antithesis of nerd because I wasn't even listening. Okay. Uh. (laughs) Meh. So so everyone's like- yeah, I was just going to joke that everyone's like, I'm not, not only am I not listening to that episode, I'm done with this episode. <laughs> yeah. So what am I patting myself on the back for? So I think it's pretty straightforward for me today. And that's just that I wasn't really in a place today where I felt like I had a lot to offer. You know, some days you just kind of feel a little worthless and you're like, you know, you just don't feel like you're doing enough or doing things well enough. And so there was a part of me that kind of thought like, I got to record this podcast today. I'm not feeling like I have a lot to offer. And I guess it's just this episode was a reminder um, and I'm patting myself on the back for realizing that just because you don't feel like you're full of worth and even when you feel like a touch worth lizard, like you're just not firing all cylinders, it doesn't mean you can't still offer value. Mm -hmm. And sometimes actually you can offer the most value when you are not standing on the strongest legs. Yeah. So I'm patting myself on the back for just remembering that because um, I have a propensity when I'm not, you know, like when my car is not full of gas, I don't want to drive it sort of thing, you know, and, and that just doesn't make any sense. So I'm grateful for recording this episode. I feel a whole hell of a lot better actually after sitting down here for an hour and chatting. So that's great. And also for that, making that realization that just because we feel worthless at times, which is a temporary feeling, it doesn't mean that we can't offer value. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time we're way harder on ourselves than we need to be. And it is kind of insane to think that you'd be operating at your best all the time because then then it wouldn't even be the best. Then it would just be your average, you know, like you need contrast, you need ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys for anything to have any meaning. So I think it's nice to learn that you don't always need to operate at peak performance all the time. And I don't know, I think that's something we actually do quite well on the show is like, we don't expect perfection, we expect like honesty and vulnerability and perfection isn't really going to come out of a kind of 
improv conversation where we have just a couple points noted down. That's not what we're aiming for. We're just aiming for an open and honest conversation and encouraging more of those. And if you're not in a place where you can have a lot of open and honest conversations about your anxiety, we hope you can at least find it cathartic to hear two people talking about it and find some things that you relate to in what we say. Yeah, definitely. I guess the main thing would be like the reframe, the the proper reframe from all of that is just like, you know, maybe not focusing on always being my best or being our best, but just focused on trying your best, you know, mm-hmm. just doing your best with what you have, you know, waking up and even just recognizing like, hey, today's not going to be the day I run the marathon, but it doesn't mean I still can't go out for a walk in the sun, you know, sort of thing. And just, just doing your best, the best that you can. You know, or some days just waking up and being like, I'm not even going to worry about anything. I'm just going to give myself the chance to rest and recoup and and, and fight another day too. Sometimes just getting through the day is the thing you should be patting yourself on the back for. So it doesn't have to be something nice and shiny. It can just be like, I woke up, I did things that kept me alive, and I went back to sleep. And that is the best. If you're someone who's struggling with a particularly severe day of mental illness. So we congratulate any one of you, every one of you who got through this past week feeling all right or not so all right. You did it. And, you know, that's all there is to do at the end of the day is just kind of get through each week, one week at a time. And we'll be right here along with you on Thursdays. (laughs) Yes, yes, we will. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope, you know, as well, like maybe not the best episode to listen to on your birthday itself, <laughs> but it, it could offer some insight, you know, as you head towards your next birthday. But we hope you had some fun, shared some laughs um, just like we did. And as Allison said, we will catch you again on your feed next week. All the best. I'm still not great at wrapping up, but. At least there are no bows this episode. That's going to say, I didn't say that. So I will just yeah, leave it we're trying at. trying to get Chris to leave bows alone. He has a thing of wrapping things up with bows and needed to stop. So that's, that's why he's spiraling out right now. Yeah. So, well, speaking of needing to stop, this needs to stop. So <laughs> see you, everybody. We'll catch you next week. All right. Goodbye.